Angela Yee's out today. Charlemagne was popping. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. Yes, it's Monday. Let me tell you something, man. I hate late late football games. I hate when your team plays Sunday night football. And I hate especially when your team plays Sunday night football and they lose because it's so draining. Because, you know, I'm a grown-ass man. I'm 41 years old. So, you know, for me to be be up past 11 o'clock, it got to be a damn good reason. And if it ain't making love to my wife, then, you know, uh, watching a football game ain't it, especially when we lose. Mm. Well, raise your hand if your team won this weekend. Well, this week, I should say. Raise your, te- raise your hands if your team is 3-1 and one and on top of their division still. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm I not know. talking about I know, that. Right? I'm not talking yeah. about that. Because you want to get everybody to raise their I'm, damn I'm just, hand. I'm just yeah, talking exactly. about that. Exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm just Knock talking about off. that. What the hell is you know? talking about? Shout out to them Giants that won this weekend. Raise your hand if your team won this weekend. If that means anything. I'm just asking. Just asking. I'm just curious about what happened this weekend. Now, shout out to everybody that came out to Atlantic City. I did a, a real estate seminar in Atlantic City. It was a two-day seminar. The first day uh, was a ride-along where we rode through some of uh, uh, the neighborhoods of Atlantic City, showed the people the homes, and then we had a mixer where people could actually talk to different agents, uh, lendings, uh, attorneys, and then the next day we had a seminar where we broke everything down. Uh, had an um, amazing response. Uh, there was some hiccups, but we, we, went, we got over the hiccups, and it was pretty cool. It was, it was a great, great turnout. Our producer, Eddie, actually went. Eddie, what did you think, Eddie? It was great. That's well, great. I'll, what I'll take what that. else is he gonna say? Because yeah. <laughs> all your seminars suck. Yeah, you, know, you think he's gonna say that? I guess you're right. Just that guy. Come on, man. I guess you're right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then also, I, I had to, uh, in between all of that, I had to fly to uh, Atlanta. Uh, shout out to Jermaine Dupree. Shout out to Remy Martin. They do their Remy Martin producer series. So I was uh, hosting that, and then it was JD's birthday. So I wanted to pop in for JD's birthday. If you don't know, JD got me my uh, start in the music industry as a somebody working at a label. He hired me the first time uh, to be, uh, I was running a little bit of everything, uh, a little A&Ring, a little of this, and a little of that, and just wanted to show him some love, give him the flowers while he's still here. So happy birthday to J.D. Yeah, what, what you to J.D. I don't even remember, bro. Cowboys lost, though. I watched uh, football, I mean, I watched football yesterday. Mm-hmm. I watched boxing on Saturday, Earl Spence, Sean Porter. Mm-hmm. Great match. I don't even be remembering the weekend. I, it's all a blur. Mm. I'm a father, man. I like being at home with the kids. Okay. Ask me what my kids did this weekend, I can tell you. What your kids do this weekend? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember in detail. What did they do this weekend? And shout out to Logan. Logan's team won this weekend, too, man. So congratulations to him. I think he caught over 45 yards or over 50 yards. No touchdowns this week, but they still won. So congratulations to him you know, and his team. You know what I did do? I caught What's up that? on a lot of podcasts this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really enjoyed T.I.'s Expeditiously podcast. Okay. Uh, the two-part series with Killer Mike is amazing. You should really listen to part two, the Atlanta way, because they just laid down a blueprint that so many people could replicate in the cities all across America. Not by, by people, I mean black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda Seals podcast, Small Doses, the one on cancel culture is incredible. And T.I. and Alex Jones, great conversation. Okay. Great conversation. Because Alex Jones is a conspiracy theorist. If you've ever read, like, 
behold the pale horse, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just it's just interesting to hear him and uh, T.I. having a conversation because we all live in this this era where everybody wants to be around people who think like them. Right. And it's just like this echo chamber, so nobody really learns anything. Correct. You know, and I, I like to see two people who have two different thought processes uh, dialoguing with each other. So that was that was good. So that's what I did. Okay. Well, let's get the show cracking now. Forrest Whitaker will be joining us. Yes. We'll talk to Forrest Whitaker. Of course, Godfather actor, Harlem came out. Producer. Came on last night, right? Director. Yeah, came on last night. And also, uh, Attorney General Eric Holder. Who's been here before. He has. You know? Yes. He's back. Yep. So we'll kick him off Talk about this, this new morning. initiative that he's doing. Mm-hmm. To stop gerrymandering. Yep. So don't move. on page news is next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. You gotta stop saying stuff like that. Say what? If you were sick all weekend and you had unprotected sex on Thursday, you know why you were sick all weekend. Who said that? Don't worry about it, okay? You just keep it moving. All right, all right. Let's get in some front page news. Now, in NFL, uh, the Titans beat the Falcons 24-10. The Browns beat the Ravens 40-25. The Patriots beat the Bills 16-10. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Lions 34-30. The Panthers beat the Texans 16-10. Raiders beat the Colts 31-24. The Chargers beat the Dolphins 30-10. My Giants beat the Redskins 24-3. Blew them out. Seahawks beat the Cardinals uh, 27-10. Tampa Bay beat the Rams 55-44. The Bears beat the Vikings 16-6. The Jaguars beat the Broncos 26-24. And the Saints washed the Cowboys. No, they didn't. 12-10. Does 12 to 10 sound like a wash to you? Nah, I gotta make it sound good. It was though. a trash ass game. It was a horrible game, by the way. Cowboys played terrible. I wasn't mad at it. Now, uh, tonight, Monday Night Football, the Steelers take on the Cincinnati uh Bengals. Now, in boxing, Errol Spence, who's been up here a couple of times, I believe, beat up. Uh, Sean Porter. Sean Porter's been up here too. He didn't yeah, Sean beat him. Porter, Sean Porter it, it beat was him a as well. Fight. It, it was, was a great fight. Yeah, it was a great fight. One of the best fights I've seen all year. I sparred with Sean Porter before. I did three rounds with Sean Porter. It's on video if you go look it up on YouTube. But it was a great fight. Yeah, what you laughing at, fight. drama? Come over and knock your beard off. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Over there giggling and snickering. I hope HR's listening to that one. You know what I'm saying? But salute to uh, Earl Spence and Sean Porter. Great fight. Great uh, fight. I don't, I don't think that fight took any anything away from either opponent. Now, um, in Ohio, four prisoners overpowered uh, overpowered some guards and escaped from an Ohio jail. They made up some uh, makeshift weapons. Now, the four guys, one was arrested for uh, stolen property. Another one was for drug trafficking. The other one was failure to uh, appear in court. I don't know why he would leave. And the last one was identity fraud. So they're looking for four individuals. They're driving a Dodge Charger Gray. I got so many questions. Why would you escape from jail when your charges aren't even charges that's going to keep you in jail forever? Not and at all. what weapons did they make that is more stronger than guns? Well, you know, they don't have guns in jail. The officers have, don't have guns in jail, no. They don't? No. I thought they had people on the towels and stuff with weapons and things like that. I think that's only in the movies, and that's only oh. in certain places. Not, you know, oh, I don't know. But these are, these are small, like the guy who... Oh, was, it was a jail, wasn't a prison. Right, jail. Oh. This guy failed you to uh, appear in court. He should have never left. You know what I mean? No. The, the guy that... Nobody uh, on there you name should have re- left. Receiving stolen property. No. He shouldn't have left. Trafficking drugs, it depends what type of drugs it was. And it depends how many times he's gotten caught trafficking drugs. Yeah, it depends. Then the um, identity fraud, mm, Mm -mm. depends how much it was. No, that's not going to keep you in jail forever. Yeah, you're right. No. Yeah, 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 you're right. Now, uh, Donald Trump, he wants to meet with the whistleblower. He says he wants to meet, he deserves to meet with his accuser, especially when this accuser, the so-called whistleblower, represented a perfect conversation with a foreign leader in a totally inaccurate and fraudulent way. Trump doesn't know how any of this works, does he? No, he doesn't. He he absolutely positively doesn't. He says the whistleblower will appear before the House panel now. Trump had this to say. What's going on now is the single greatest scam in the history of American politics. The Democrats want to take away your guns. They want to take away your health care. 
They want to take away everything. We can never let this happen. We're fighting to drain the swamp, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And you see why we have to do it. Because our country is at stake like never before. They're trying to stop me because I'm fighting for you. And I'll never let that happen. And his followers who, uh, you know, follow him and who voted for him and who support him, they believe that nonsense that he's spewing right now. Absolutely. Your president is a criminal, and he's been a criminal, and he finally got caught. Because that's what happens when you keep your hand in the cookie jar a little too long. He probably wants to meet with the whistleblower so he can try to pass the whistleblower a brown paper bag full of some money. Maybe. <laughs> you know, to, to change his story. Maybe, maybe. That's, probably what he, that's, that's what that is, but, you know, it's too late. The transcript is out. We saw what would happen. Right. Well, that is front page news. Now, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a horrible weekend, or maybe your weekend was great. Maybe your football team won, or maybe your football team lost. But get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up? This Nikki from Miami. Hey, what's Nikki up, from Nikki Miami? from Miami? What's happening in the 305 this morning? Well, it's raining. Well, not really, not no more, but it was raining earlier. Well, get it off your chest, mama. What's up? Um, dang, I don't even have nothing to say. You just wanted to call the radio station. You bored? <laughs> your man must not be picking up the phone this morning, so you needed to call somebody as you're driving into work. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all have a good day, man. You y'all too. Have good Lord day. have mercy. She forgot. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Reality. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest, man. What's going on? What's going on with the people? What's up with you, bro? All right. Listen, man, I want to I say something to these young brothers out here, man, walking around with their ass <laughs> out, you know, thinking that's cool. Thinking that's a, a, a fashion statement when, I mean, I understand a little sad, that's cool. You want to show the, 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 the designer underwears or whatever. But when you got your pants under the cuff of your ass, where your ass is basically at, it's, it's out of line, bro. It's out of line. It's disgusting. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I've come up in the era where, you know, it, it was a jail thing because they wouldn't let us have no sex. But now these brothers in the streets to a whole other level. On some borderline gay stuff, not not knowing that, not seeing that that thing look really, really smoke, bro. Let me. I, I'm. 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 I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, you know, other than you talking about all the gay stuff, you're right. I don't like seeing young men sag their pants, but I just got to look at it from both sides. It's a man out there right now saying you blocking. It's some men out there who like seeing that ass all out, and you hating. Would you? Are you mad when you see women walking around half naked? Big bro. Big bro. Big bro. I understand that. You know, their preference is their preference. I'm just talking about it, 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 it's not it, it's not a good look, bro, because it's like, all right. Bro. People view you on how you dress and the first thing you say. Listen, Am I correct? I agree with you that men should not be sagging their pants. I think it is the wackest thing in the world. But, yo, it's some dudes out there that think you hating right now. Some dudes like to see dudes with their ass out. And you could be hating. Trav, what up, Trav? Yo, what's up, Envy? Trav, you love a good sag, right? Whoa. I love a good what? You love when guys sag their pants, right? Uh, no, I, I, I hate when I hate when they sag their pants. That's really? Like, that's like a turn off to me. You don't like seeing all that ass out? I, 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 I rather, I rather see you in a nice pair of fitted jeans. You know, that, that's that's it's hugging around the right area. Okay, oh, got you, got you, got you. Okay, got you, got Trav, you. All right. Why are you calling me? You know, where, your Cowboys where, lost. Where, where's he at? He's in in Chicago. She working? 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. I want to talk about. I want to talk about haters this morning. Charlamagne, can we talk about haters this morning? Do your thing, my brother. I want to talk about haters. Most most delusional fan uh, base in the world. The Eagles have been texting me and bothering me all morning because we lose one game and they think that's going to stop us from going to the bowl, sir. Listen, it's one game. It's the it's, oh, it's the NFL. Now, granted, it's a game we should have won. We should have not. We should have not lost to Teddy Bridgewater and the New Orleans Saints last night. You know, but it was in New no, Orleans. We, no, we shouldn't. So I ain't tripping too hard. It's a game. But listen, Char, man, I, was, I, want, to, I want to talk to you real quick, right, right quick, Charlene. I'm, I'm tired of you, bro. Talk to me. Last week, oh, Rakim was on there, right? Yep. First, first of all, I want to include Bonds for Rakim. He started following me on Instagram randomly. I don't know why. but He sends me mad messages on Instagram now, but go ahead. Uh, so when he, he, he was talking about, um, he was naming the greatest MCs of this generation, and the first person he named was Kendrick Lamar. Yep. And Charlamagne was quick to say super lyricist. Yep. And then he named a second person. J. Cole. J. Cole. And, and I said lyricist. And you immediately, you immediately like lyricist. He's but a lyricist. Like way you said it. Man, knock it off. I'm tired of you. Knock it off. Goodbye. Like who did? Like nobody, nobody throws. J. Cole is a lyricist. Get it off your chest. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up! Wake up! Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Uh, this is Shalanda. Hey, Shalanda, get it off your chest. I just wanted to call and tell y'all I love y'all. I don't ever miss a show, whether it's radio or YouTube. But Envy, you gonna get off my cowboy stuff? Nope. They gonna get. They gonna yeah, get this. They gonna get this heat for the get week. Off my cowboy stuff. I don't know how many y'all gonna lose. So I got. Why y'all lose? I gotta be able to just. That don't make any y'all. sense because we're three and one and we're still on on top of the NFC East. It don't make no sense. You feel me? To clown somebody you're still looking up to. Y'all lost. You get a touchdown. So you said what? Get off my cowboys. What you say? I said the Saints did it with field goals. They couldn't even get a touchdown in. MB get off my Cowboys. That's why that. That's why that loss actually hurt a that's little bit worse. more too. Though we lost because of four goddamn field goals. We were averaging thirty points a game all all year and scored ten. Hello, who's this? This is Michelle. Hey, Michelle, get it off your chest. Hi, I just wanted to say hi to Angelique, DJ MB, and Charlemagne. I've been trying to get through to you guys for oh my god, all a while now. And as for Trump, he's an idiot. I wish they would impeach him. I wish they would get him off the presidency because he's a crook, he's an idiot, and I can't stand him. I'm sorry. He's the worst president we ever had of the United States of America. That is actually factual. I'm not arguing with you. Yeah, it's just, you know, I'm just, like, shocked that I finally got through to say hi to you guys. I listen to you guys every single morning on my way to work. Well, thank you so much. You know, you guys just... Make my morning because you guys are just, you know, awesome. So I just wanted to say good morning, have a blessed day, and I finally got through. <laughs> well, you have a blessed day too. Have a happy Monday. Okay, you too. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Drake. Drake, what's up? Get it off your chest, bro. Hey, man, listen. I just, I just want to say that I thank you guys, man. Y'all make me laugh. And a couple of weeks ago, you guys have shouted me out from Better Than Philly. And man, it just made a difference in the world that you guys took a, took the time to shout a little place like me out and uh, just give me great, great, just give me a great motivation, man. I just thank you guys, Charlemagne the God. Good morning, Good morning King. Envy. Yep. 
Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, I don't want to forget, I don't want to forget anybody, so I just want to say thank you. I'm a little nervous. First time me calling and being on the radio, but I just want to thank you guys, man, a lot. And I'm supposed to come up and feed you guys, and I definitely, definitely want to do that. I got to get in touch with Eddie. and um, see Oh, this is my man, this is my man uh, with the cheesesteak spot. Cheesesteaks, yeah, man. What's the name Better of the spot again? Better Than Philly? Better Than Philly, yep. Better Than Philly, Wachungan and Irvington, man. Okay. I just want to thank you guys because I, I really am out here grinding hard, man. I do um, I do a bunch of uh, events for the community. I've been doing it for seven years. I just opened up a new spot in Wachung, but I, I want to try to do something, Charlamagne, because you, I listen to you guys every day. Mm-hmm. And you guys talk about the mental health thing, man. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, I suffer through depression too, man. You know, and, and I want to do something with that as far as doing like a, a chicken wing eating contest the hottest wings out and who can eat the most and just donate those proceeds, man, to a to a worthy cause, some place that can do mental health things and help other people. But okay. Well, like we're going to figure it out, King. Yeah, we're going to figure it out, man. We appreciate you checking in. A-N-V, I actually met you a couple of times, man, but this was way back in the day at Jersey Girl Day. Okay. With Lady L. Yep, yep. Yeah, I used to hang out with Frank, the suit. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 man. So, hey, man, and Charlamagne, man, you're the dopest person, man. I know... You know, from the first day I met you, man, you were so cool, man, and I appreciate you. And I want everybody to know, man, I don't care what y'all say about Sean Mix, I got to go through me to get to him. I, I appreciate you, King. Yeah, man, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Well, all you got it. All right, brother. Have a good one. All you got all right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. When we come back, we got rumors. We got to talk about Kanye. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Now, Kanye West was all over the place this weekend. He's releasing a new album, I believe this week. It's called Jesus is King. I thought that he pushed it back. Nah, it was supposed but to release on Friday, it? and they're saying they're trying to get it out this week. Yeah, I thought he said he was going to put it out, put it out on Sunday. It was supposed to come out on Friday. It was supposed to come out on Friday. And he said he was pushing it back, and then he said well, it was going to come out on Sunday. Yeah, it was supposed to come well, out last. past Friday. Yeah, it was past Friday. Yeah, so it's supposed to come out this week, they say. But we don't know. We're not sure as of yet. But uh, Friday, he was out in Detroit, and he played snippets of the album. Uh, people that was at the venue, that was uh, they got free tickets. They said that it's a lot of gospel. Sounds very gospel. He's uh, rarely rapping on a lot of the songs. And they said it sounds pretty good. Now, Kanye also said that he's not doing any secular music anymore. It's all gospel from here on out. What what uh what what exactly is secular music when people say they're not doing secular music? Can somebody from the gospel community explain to me what secular music is exactly? Because I've, I've been I use that term a lot, but I wonder what that actually means. Hmm. Let me see. Secular music is simply music that is not affiliated with any religious practice or tradition. So a song like uh, back in the day, Inspector Deck, the Power of God in You. Would that be considered a gospel record because he's rapping about God? No. Mm, no. So I don't understand what the secular music thing means. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Mm. That is a great question. Jesus Walks, would that be considered a secular record? No. Well, Kanye did that back They considered the that gospel music back in the day. Remember, that was they played that on gospel stations. They played it on hip-hop stations. They played that even on R&B stations. That, would, that went across all boards, if mm. I remember correctly. Mm. Saturday, he was out in Chicago with Chance the Rapper playing some cuts. And then yesterday... He was out in Queens, New York, Jamaica, Queens. He went to uh, Allen Church and shot the Pastor Floyd Flake, and he performed there. And everybody said the music sounded so great. So let's play a clip of him freestyling in Queens. I never seen nobody do like this in a house. Something's so 
Positive music is feel good, feel good music. When, when, when God gets in you and, and tells you to change your life, you change your life. That freestyle would be whack anywhere with the church, though. Let's You're right. be clear. You know what I'm saying? That only works in the church when everybody. It felt good when that, he said it, yeah, though. When everybody got the Holy Ghost and you just trying to get people on their feet. I see people trying to, you know, uh, say, yeah, is making a mockery of God and he's trying to capitalize how? off religion. How? Yeah, I don't see how you can say that when his, one of his first records was Jesus Walks. You understand what I'm saying? How? And not to mention people grow and people evolve and people, people get new spaces in their life. If he wants to make gospel music at this point in his career, I don't have a problem with you that. You don't know what his plan was, you know? No, it, you don't know what God's plan for, for him, him was. was. Absolutely. And and that's the thing. I mean, it, it could be one of those things where God wants to make him one of the biggest artists ever and say, you know what, now I want you to speak my word. That's usually how it works. Yep. God, what do you say? God doesn't, uh, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. That's right. Yes. So, uh, Jesus is King, the new album. is supposed to be an album and documentary. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, little Nas X looks like he's going through a little bit of stress. He cancels two shows, and he announced he's taking a little time off from music. He said the last seven months has been really rough, and he just needs some time to himself. I have no problem with him taking a break. Uh, I'm just saying, when you got one record, though, it's kind of tough. To take he put out an album, though. He put out an EP. Like I said, when you got one record... You know what I'm saying? It's kind of tough to take a break. You might, you need to get all you can now because tomorrow is not promised. Maybe that's that. maybe that's part of it. Maybe he wants to get all that he can now. I mean, he's been working. He's been on the road. He's, he hasn't been able to enjoy his life. You take too long of a break when you a guy with one record. It might be it. That's all I'm saying. Lord, not maybe he wants to date. Maybe he wants to start a family. Maybe he just wants to chill. Do your thing. I, uh, that's a $100 million record. He should have made a lot of money off that one record. I'm sure he did. I I, I pray he did. I pray I that he so. did not get got in any contract situations, and I pray that he made all his money off that record. All right. That is a record that could last him a lifetime. Well, congratulations to Too Short. Too Short, uh, Too Short became a dad for the first time at age 53. For the first time? That's what they say. Too Short ain't got no kids? No. He said Too Short really? is a proud father. He welcomed his first child. At the tender age of 53, he's been keeping the news uh, under a wrap until now. And it seems like Ray J is shooting a documentary, and Too Short is part of that documentary. So congratulations to Too Short. Yeah, Too Short don't got no kids. That I means he's been protect, uh, you, uh, practicing protective sex for a long, 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 long time. I'm sure. I'm sure that you've been getting it in, you know, for yeah. years. Maybe protection, like you said. Well, that's good. Yeah. Glad to know that brothers are still out here using condoms. All right. You know what I'm saying? It get hot in Oakland. Sometimes it's too hot for condoms in the oh, summertime. Oh, my goodness. All, All right. been had some kids. All right. Well, that's your rumor report. Now, Angela Yee is out. She'll be back tomorrow. When we come back, front page news. We'll tell you about your favorite president. Well, I shouldn't say your favorite president. Your president, Donald Trump. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get some front page news. Let's start with NFL scores. Now, the Titans beat the Falcons 24-10. Cleveland Browns beat the Ravens 40-25. The Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills 16-10. The Chiefs beat the Lions 34-30. Panthers beat the Texans 16-10. The Raiders beat the Colts 31-24. Chargers beat the Dolphins 30-10. The Giants beat the Redskins 24-3. Sorry, all you Redskins fans out there. Seahawks beat the Cardinals 27-10. Buccaneers beat the Rams 55-40. Bears beat the Vikings 16-6. Jaguars beat the Broncos 26-24. And the Saints beat the Cowboys 12 
to 10. I mean, the Cowboys beat themselves, but you know, whatever. We still 3-1 and one on top of the NFC East. We'll be fine. Ah, boy. And in Monday Night Football, the Steelers take on the Bengals tonight. Now, Errol Spence, he uh, earned a split decision win over Sean Porter. Great fight Saturday night. Salute to Sean Porter. His his father, Kenny. Salute to Errol Spence and his whole team. Uh, neither one of those fighters lost anything, if you ask me. Great fight. That was a, that was a dog fight. Great, great matchup. Great, great. But great Earl, Earl is no joke. Sean ain't no joke either, but, you know, Earl got the best of him on Saturday night, which I thought he would, but it was a great fight. Now, out in Ohio, Ohio jail, some four prisoners escaped. Now, uh, they escaped. They made some handmade weapons and overpowered the guards. Now, these are the four individuals. One, uh, his name is Martin. He's 40 years old. He was in jail for uh, receiving stolen property. Clemente, he's 24. He was in jail for trafficking drugs. Troy, he was in jail for failing to appear in court. Uh, Lawrence, he's 29. He is in jail for identity fraud. Now, I don't know why these four individuals would be running from the police because it don't seem like these crimes are too crazy. Don't look like they would be sitting in jail too long, but I don't know why they tried to run. I don't know. Uh, it sounds like four donkey today to me. And and I don't. I really don't get it, especially being that none of them was going to sit in jail forever for any of those charges that they had. Now, they said they uh, they drove the car about a block away where another car was waiting for them. They believed to be in a 2019 Dodge Charger with Ohio plates. Well, they got picked up already. Yeah, No, 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 no. I mean, got away. Like, they had somebody waiting for them, oh, scooped yeah, them yeah, up, yeah, and kept yeah, them moving. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they got caught an hour ago. No, they got caught an hour ago. Yeah, they got caught an hour ago in North Carolina. Three out of four of them got caught. Three out of four of them. Mm. So, All right. You know, they either going to hold it down or they're going to 6 9 the other fourth guy. Mm. Well, they probably don't know where he's at. They probably, that guy's probably I'm out. sure they were all together. Mm. That one dude was just smart enough to say, you know what? I'm going to separate from y'all fools. <laughs> I'm going to go okay? right. Y'all go yeah, left. Y'all go left. I've seen set it off before. The, I'm best go thing, the best thing for us to do is to split up. All right? So y'all three can stick together, you damn stooges. I'm going to go solo dolo. All right. Now, your president, Donald Trump, he wants to meet with the whistleblower. He says, I deserve to meet my accuser, especially when it's accuser, the so-called whistleblower. Represented a perfect conversation with a foreign leader in a totally inaccurate and fraudulent way. What is he going to say to the accuser when he meets him? I don't know. He's going to try to hand him a brown paper bag full of some money to try to get him to change his story? Possibly. Well, he had this to say. What's going on now is the single greatest scam in the history of American politics. The Democrats want to take away your guns. They want to take away your health care. They want to take away everything. We can never let this happen. We're fighting to drain the swamp, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And you see why we have to do it. Because our country is at stake like never before. They're trying to stop me because I'm fighting for you, and I'll never let that happen. This, this situation is so hilarious to me because Donald Trump is acting like himself, along with his attorney, Rudy Giuliani, didn't confess to asking another country to investigate a potential presidential candidate. They both confessed that they did this. Nobody made it up. You did it. It's illegal. Violation of his oath of office. The man has been committing crimes since he's been in the White House, and I'm just happy that people, and by people, I mean Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats, are finally acting like it. Right. Like, period. All right. Well, that is your front page news. Now, let's talk about this some more in depth. Eric Holder, Attorney General, will be joining us. He's been here before, by the way. I think this is the second time up here. Yep. So yeah. we'll kick it with him when we come back. All right. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. Attorney General. Eric Holder. Eric Holder. Welcome, sir. What's happening, my people? Welcome uh, back. I'm glad right. to see you. You started a great uh, group, the redistricting, redistricting group, right? Yep. 
National Democratic Redistricting Committee. For redistricting after the 2027? It's a hard word to say. Redistricting. What am I saying? Redistricting. Not ridiculous. Redistricting. No king. Redistricting. Redistrict. Redistrict. What is it? We got it. We call it the NDRC. NDRC. What does that stand for, though? National Democratic Redistricting Redistricting. There you go. Okay. What is that and why? We wasted five minutes on that, man. I'm just trying to get the name straight. We got to it. They'll never forget it now. All right. What does that mean, though? And what is, what, what is, why is that important? Uh, every 10 years uh, after the census, which happens every 10 years, the United States um, goes into a period of redistricting where we draw new legislative districts for the states and also for our congressional seats. Mm -hmm. 2011, the Republicans really went to town and gerrymandered um, the redistricting process so that they ended up with more seats than they deserved on the basis of the number of votes they got. Mm. And so in 2021, we want to make sure that uh, Democrats are at the table and that we have a fair process. People are scared to fill out the census. Yeah, people are afraid, and um, I understand that given what the Trump administration has done to try to create that climate of fear in the Sp mm -hmm. Hispanic community especially. And um, one of the things we have to do is encourage people to right. make sure that they raise their hands, that they get voted, because to have a fair redistricting process in 2021, you've got to have a fair census in 2020. So they shouldn't be scared? Shouldn't be scared. I can understand the level of fear and the concern that people have, but the stakes are too high to simply not uh, participate in the census. The census is the basis for determining how $900 billion mm -hmm. in um, federal aid is distributed to the states, and also, again, how the redistricting is done, and how that is how political power um, is decided to be distributed over the course of the next decade. Didn't they try to make a law where you had to say, one of the questions would be, are you a legal immigrant? Right, yeah. And question, then that got shot down. Yeah, the question is whether or not you were a citizen. Mm -hmm. They wanted to include a citizenship question, which hasn't been included on the long form of the census since 1950. We filed a lawsuit, the NDRC mm -hmm. filed a lawsuit that we won, and um, the Trump administration ultimately backed down. And so the citizenship question will not be included okay. on the census. Does Trump, Trump has access to this if, if need be, though? Well, the, 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 the Census Bureau will have access to the information, and it's actually typically, historically, it's really held that information and jealously guarded the information. There are protocols in place, for instance, so that the FBI doesn't get access to that information. Okay. Now, these are the norms. And now what happens... We're not in the norms anymore. Well, exactly. So what <laughs> happens with this administration, what they'll try to do with it, you know, uh, I have to be honest with people. You know, we'll try to do all that we can to make sure that some of those norms are, are, um, are followed, but we have to be wary. You know, you know, with all this talk about the Russians interfering in our elections and voter suppression and Mitch McConnell blocking an election security bill, why are people, people acting like election security is no big deal? Like, why aren't people raising more hell about that? Well, I have been. I, I've been out there, you know, that's, this is what I've been doing mm -hmm. since I left the Department of Justice, talking about the need for election security, uh, to make sure that people have the right to vote, that we stop voter suppression, mm -hmm. um, that we make sure that people from off our shores, outside our shores, don't have an ability to influence our elections. There's a whole range of things that we need to focus on. I mean, the House passed a bill that would distribute about, I think, $250 million to the states to allow the states to get ready for what the Russians are going to try to do. Mitch McConnell bottled up Shot that bill down. until he just said, I guess, last week or so, after he was called Moscow Mitch, mm -hmm. which apparently really got to him. Mm -hmm. He's now authorized the distribution of that, uh, of that money. Democrats are on the, on the case. but uh, Not on the debate stage. Corey, like in the last few debates, Cory Booker was like the only person who even mentioned it even remotely. Well, I don't, you know, I've, part of the problem with assessing people's what they talk about in these debates, the questions that, yeah. that they get asked. You, know? mm -hmm. and, you can't uh, just bring it up out of nowhere. And one of the things, you know, we've had, I don't know, what, three, four debates, whatever it is, mm -hmm. no one's asked anybody anything about gerrymandering, mm -hmm. about redistricting, about voting issues. 
You know, I know that's my point. <laughs> I know about the health care plans now. I got it. Yeah, right? yeah, I know yeah, what right. people stand on health care. I don't need to hear that anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about some other things. Like you got Stacey Abrams with the Fair Fight 2020. Right. What Stacey. you're doing. Right. But I just feel like it should be louder. Like our democ- to me, I feel like our democracy is, is, is damn near dead until we fix that. I mean, our democracy is at stake, and people mm-hmm. need to understand that. I mean, simply because we've had a democracy for 250 years or so doesn't mean it's always going to be there. Ru- the Russians are trying to do things to it. I would say that the Republicans are trying to undermine from within um, our, our democracy with gerrymandering, voter purges, um, voter suppression, and we've got to fight to save um, our democracy. What do you say to people who are saying, oh, what's the point in voting if it's just going to be, uh, you know, voter suppression, it's just going to be people interfering with the election process and all of that? What do you tell people who say, well, my vote doesn't matter anyway? Every vote counts. Um, and we also have to understand that people died. People sacrificed. Um, people committed themselves to a struggle to allow us to have the right to vote. John Lewis got his skull cracked on the Edmund Pettus Bridge so that people would be allowed to vote. Three civil rights workers give their li- gave their lives in 1963 in Mississippi. Again, they were trying to register people to vote. We dishonor that legacy. We dishonor their work if we don't do the simple thing of voting. Now, that may mean, it may mean that we're going to have to wait in line for mm-hmm. three, four hours in uh, districts where there are people of color, which is unfair, shouldn't happen. Um, but I think to make sure that that doesn't happen the next time, we have to put in place people who will um, really value the right to vote. But there's a legacy. There's, you know, we have to honor um, the work, the commitment, the effort of people um, from many years ago. Do you recommend that people go vote early, too, just to kind yep. of make sure in case there's any issues, you can smooth that out and know ahead of time? And that's a really great point. I think that every we should take advantage of those early voting periods that exist in, in different states. Vote as early as you can. Um, to make sure that your vote gets counted, you maybe minimize the amount of time that you're going to have to wait. But again, Republicans have tried to, you know, decrease the number of days that are available for um, early voting. You know, Republicans want to make it more difficult to vote. They think that, you know, for some Democrats are of the view that the more people vote, it's, you know, that's, that's better for us. That's a defining issue, I think, for the parties. We think more people ought to vote. That'll help the Democratic Party. They want to restrict the number of people. They want to pick their voters. They mm-hmm. want to decide who should actually um, be allowed to vote. A lot of Democrats that come up here, they say that the reason they don't tell the truth about what's happening with the election security bill is because they don't want to discourage voters from voting in 2020. That Democrats don't want to discourage voters? Yes, they don't want to discourage voters from voting in 2020. Like, if we tell people, hey, there is Russian interference, yeah. of course we know it's voter suppression, Mitch McConnell blocked the election security bill, if we tell people that, it'll discourage people from voting. I think truth, you know, truth is always a good thing. I let, agree. Let, let people understand what the deal is, let, let people understand what they've got to uh, overcome. I mean, the history of African-Americans in this country um, shows that, you know, we're able to deal with truth and to overcome. You know, so put it out there. Tell people what's out there, what they're going to be up against. You know, we'll deal with it. Absolutely. I mean, no, you think voting in 2019, 2020, 2021, you think that's difficult? Well, yeah, maybe it might be a little inconvenient. But think about what Dr. King had to put up with, what John Lewis had to put up with. That's hard. Even when Obama won, it's because people came out in overwhelming numbers to vote. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure there was suppression at that time, too. Sure. There were attempts to try to, um, you know, keep the, the count down. But young people came out. Uh, people of color came out. You know, every presidential election is important. The election in 2020 is existential. Donald Trump cannot get another four years. He's damaged our institutions, damaged the norms that we've had. He could destroy things mm-hmm. with another uh, another four years. All right, we have more with Attorney General Eric Holder. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Eric Holder, Attorney General. You think he'll end up in jail? 
Donald Trump? Um, that's interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, I think the, um, the case that put Michael Cohen in jail, um, he has been named as an unindicted co-conspirator. And so clearly he could be charged once he's out of office. Um, he would no longer have the ability to say, you know, a sitting president can't be indicted. Question then ultimately would be whether or not um, the next attorney general, the next president, would make a decision that uh, he should, in fact, be prosecuted. You know, but Gerald Ford made the decision that Nixon should not be and granted him a pardon. I think that same issue, that same question would confront, uh, you know, the next president. Should like he be in jail? Him? Yeah, would you like that? You know, I, I think... Come on, Eric, don't be scared. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm saying reflexively, um, you know, emotionally I'd say yes, but I have to think about what's the impact on the country. You know, what would we do by tr putting Donald Trump on trial, potentially putting him in jail? Would that have a negative impact on just the nation that needs to heal after um, he's Since out of office? when does this country care about what happens to criminals? Well, you know, <laughs> the nation should care about um, the impact of our criminal justice system on individuals and what it does to them. Also, what the, the criminal justice system has done to communities of color, you know, mm -hmm. for instance. So I, I think it's a legitimate concern to, under, to figure out what is the impact of a particular prosecution or prosecution policy is going to be um, on individual communities and on the nation uh, as a whole. Let me ask a question. Out of all Trump's impeachable offenses... Mm -hmm. Which one could President Obama have gotten away with? None. Exactly. Mm -hmm. None. He'd be, they'd, they'd be trying to prosecute they him. Gonna put him in jail jail. For, they were going to put him in jail for wearing a tan suit. Because Remember that? Right. Yeah. You know, so, why, so why are we having any empathy for Donald Trump? If Donald Trump wasn't the president and he was just a regular citizen, would he be going to jail? Forget if he's a regular citizen. If you said that Obama was about to go to jail for a tan no, suit. I, was only I know you were joking, yeah. but I'm saying. <laughs> but you said he couldn't get away with none I, of I don't those think offenses. there's a federal statute that says you can't wear a tan suit. I know, but you know he couldn't have got away with any of those offenses. No, no. Well, he couldn't have gotten away with it. They certainly would have held hearings and all mm -hmm. that stuff, whether they ultimately would have prosecuted him. You know, again, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, it's a tough question. It's, it's, again, I said, as I said, reflexively, instinctively, I'd say, yeah, you know. Put him given, under the jail. Yeah, given all the stuff that he's done. But I think, you know, at some point, you, some policymaker, um, some decision maker is going to have to step back and say, do we really want to do we really want to do this? I, I mean, now he should be held accountable, you know, and that's yeah. a, that I'm, I'm always a person who says that there's you know, individuals should be held accountable for their, their actions, and he certainly ought to be held accountable for all that he has, uh, all that he's done. What did you think when you heard, uh, when you read the transcript between uh, Donald Trump and Ukrainian president? It was disturbing. Um, the notion that the president would reach out to um, a foreign leader and ask for information, help in getting information on somebody who was a potential political rival. Mm -hmm. Again, inconsistent with what we do um, in the United States. Um, breaks norms at a minimum, potentially breaks statutes, uh, you know, at, at its worst. And so it was, uh, it's very disturbing. Now, it's interesting, it'll be interesting to see how that investigation proceeds, who ultimately is involved in it. Now, do you think Donald Trump will be reelected? No. I really don't think that he will be. I think Why? that, I think it's going to be a fight. I mean, I think, you know, he, um, I'm not a poker guy, but what's the thing he, he, do a straight, I mean, he do a, I don't know, whatever. I'm not a poker guy. Yeah, not a poker guy. Sorry. Yeah, no there, there was some, some description about he did something in poker that's almost <laughs> impossible to do, you know, which is to win by winning in three states, 77,000 votes, um, you know, didn't win the Electoral College. I will guarantee this, the Democratic nominee for president will get more of the popular vote than Donald Trump. Well, Hillary did that too. Right. The only way he wins is to win in the Electoral College, and I don't say it's a guarantee that um, we'll win the Electoral College, but I think I'm pretty certain that we will. I don't think that the American people 
uh, we're going to have an energized Democratic um, base. You know, I think young people, people of color, the Obama coalition, I think, will reassert itself. And um, I think the majority of the American people will reject that which Trump has stood for these past, uh, by then, these past four years. You think Joe Biden is the best bet for Democrats in 2020? I think we've got a bunch of good candidates. Um, I think he'd be good. Uh, I think, you know, other people who are running would be um, would be good. Um, like who? Well, I like I like Kamala, I like Corey, I like Amy, I like all of them. You know, I think any one of these Democrats be better. is better than Trump. <laughs> right. You know, of, of that, there's no there's no question. And uh, I like their programs. Um, I, I think they'll be more honorable. They'll be people of integrity in a way that he has not been. So I think that's uh, not saying much when the bar is Donald Trump, though. No, I think well, again we'll get back to norms. Yeah. You know, we'll have presidents. We'll have a, a new president who would conduct himself or herself in the way that we'd expect them. Um, presidents to do, the, do way, the way Barack Obama did, you know? Do you think it's time to get rid of the Electoral College? Absolutely. There's no reason to have an Electoral College. I mean, we're the only industrialized nation, the only advanced democracy that elects people in that way. The, the vote ought to be simply who gets the greatest number of mm-hmm. votes, not like who has the number, who wins the greatest number of states. Why isn't that really something that people are pushing for? Because I feel like that should be a big deal, especially considering the last election. Well, people actually are. There's this thing called, you have to amend the Constitution if you wanted to do it mm-hmm. that way. But there's also this uh, effort called the uh, Interstate Compact to do away with it. So what would happen is that the states would cast their electoral votes, not for who won the state, but who had the greatest number of national popular votes. Mm-hmm. And in that way, you would ultimately do away with the Electoral College. And I think so far, you've got states that total about 196 electoral votes. You need to get states that total 270 votes. And then that would, oh, the Electoral College would still be there. It would no longer be uh, in effect. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question about some of these candidates, uh, E.G. Holder. Why should black people trust Joe Biden? And the reason I say that is because, you know, you look at the 88 crack laws and the 94 crime bill, and you, lo- you listen to the things he said about Barack Obama being the first mainstream African-American that's bright, articulate, and clean. Like, why should we trust him other than the fact he was Obama's vice president for eight years? Well, I mean, there are things that he's got to certainly explain in his record. Um, but I think you've got to look at the entirety of his career and make a determination about whether or not you think that he would be uh, a president who would have the backs of um, communities of color. Um, I tend to think that, that he would. I've, I've known Joe Biden for I don't know, 20 years or so. Um, I served with him um, when he was vice president. And I think that in spite of all the things that you've talked about, which, again, are legitimate concerns and things he has to explain, I think that he would be a person committed to civil rights and committed to the interests of people in the uh, African-American community, Hispanic community, in a way that, uh, you know, the president he served with, in the way that uh, Barack Obama was. He won't even admit that the 94 crime bill was wrong, though, that it caused mass incarceration. Well, I'd say the 94 crime bill didn't cause mass incarceration. It certainly, there's an argument can you can make that it certainly accelerated it mm-hmm. because it had those um, provisions that helped uh, states build, build prisons. There also was some good... Um, preventive measures in the 94 crime bill that people, I think, too often don't talk about. But I think as a society, you know, we were in a different place mm-hmm. in 94, where crime was a top three issue. We reacted um, wrongly to the way in which we should deal with crime. We didn't focus enough on the things that caused people mm-hmm. to be involved in crime. We didn't come up with enough measures to help people get rehabilitated once they were in the system, didn't make opportunities available to people uh, once they were leaving the system. We've learned a lot from from that. So I, I, don't, I don't think that you know, uh, he should certainly be questioned about it, but I don't think we should put on him. Uh, you know, the Black Caucus mm-hmm. stood for a lot of the things that are contained in the uh, in the '94 Crime Bill. It was the nation was in a different place at that time, and we have to make up for what we did back then. I, I, I'm, you know, I always think about the fact that 
we had a crack epidemic back in the 90s, and uh, we, dealt, we, used it, we used the criminal justice system as a way to deal with that. Now we're dealing with the opioid crisis, and everybody says it's a public health, public health problem. Yeah. And that's what we should have been doing back in the, in the 90s. All right, we got more with Eric Holder. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. EJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Eric Holder, Attorney General. Yee. Did you face a lot of racism being the first black person in your position as Attorney General? I certainly faced a lot of, um, you know, political heat, took a lot of political heat. And I was wondering in the back of my mind how much of that was um, a function of race and how much of it was just that um, I was this kind of, you know, loudmouth guy from from New York, you know. Um, the vehemence with which people opposed Barack Obama mm-hmm. and Eric Holder, I, I, I still I try to wrestle with that. How much of that was uh, was race? How much of that was just was just politics? They saw in him... Change. They also saw in him, I think, the future. Mm-hmm. And he's very disconcerting to think that, you know, this guy represents what America is about to become. And um, it means that we are not going to have power in the way that we that we did. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much it was racially based and how much it was simply. Um, you can feel it. Though, it sometimes. definitely was a you lot of it. race based. Oh, oh, yeah. Now, there's, you know, there's certain. Inc- I mean, when I was at in, in uh, I guess, listening to Barack. I guess it was the State of the Union address, and that guy stood up and said, you know, you lie. Let's go back to that audio real quick. The reforms I'm proposing would not apply to those who are here illegally. It's not true. If he were a white man giving a State of the Union address, would a congressman have the guts to stand up and say, you lie? Absolutely At not. some level, at some level, that guy, that guy had... Um, you know, I don't know, was subconscious, unconscious, whatever. There was a, that was there was a racial thing going on there in that man's mind. Let's talk Eric Garner a little bit. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. to office. Uh, R.I.P. to him. And the officer who killed him was uh, Daniel Pantaleo. He was Pantaleo. fired. Pantaleo. 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 He was fired, but not prosecuted. And I was told that you told the family you wouldn't let the case go to the next the next administration. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I um, you know, the case was really at the beginning stages when I was attorney general, and um. I think it's, it's disheartening to me to see the way in which that case played out. It took too long um, to resolve. should have been resolved during the Obama years, I think. Um, I think, you know, there were, the Civil Rights Division clearly wanted to prosecute that case. I think the um, prosecutors up here in, in Brooklyn perhaps didn't want to proceed. Um, it seemed to me that there was a basis for that case to proceed. Civil rights attorneys should have been allowed to, uh, to prosecute the case. That's one of the places that I think that uh, this administration in Barr made a, a wrong determination. I mean, everybody saw the tape, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And at a minimum, a, a jury should have had the ability to consider all the evidence and make a determination as to whether or not Pantaleo should have been held criminally responsible. There was nothing y'all could have done? Well, when I was there as AG, I mean, the case just wasn't formed, it wasn't at a, at a place where we could make a decision. Um, I, I think, you know, as I said, just to be frank, I think it could have been resolved during the Obama years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but for whatever reason, um, you know, it was not. Should have been. Did you, did you feel like y'all fell asleep at the wheel because y'all thought Hillary was going to be the next president? So you thought, okay, if we don't handle it, then the next administration will. But you didn't think the next administration would be this administration. I don't know. You know, I don't know exactly what happened within the Justice Department and why a decision wasn't made. Um, but I think there was certainly sufficient amounts of time for a decision to be made. It shouldn't have been left for um, the next uh, next administration. You think up until this point, the Nancy Pelosi and the House teams have been being cowardly when it comes to Donald Trump? No, I don't think so. Um, I think that, um, you know, one of the things I would have talked about if I'd run is that we got to be prepared to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a time 
if he's going to break norms, um, and he has, this is not a time to think that we can fight back in a normal way. Um, we got to be prepared to be tough, to fight, uh, to bring some New York to um, this this campaign. And um, well, part of New York. What part? Because he's here. <laughs> He's from New York too, so he's ready to fight back. Yeah, what part of New York? I'm from East Elmhurst. Brooklyn, New York is it? Hey, you know, Harlem, New York. <laughs> what part of New York is not tough? You know, I mean, think about it. Right, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens. You know, Staten Island. I don't know about that, but you know, all right. Hey, all right. hey, Wu Tang's from Staten Island. Exactly. Right. I sometimes think that's more New Jersey, but that's all right. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> we'll let them hang. We'll let them hang. Does it bother you if you when you ever Google your name? And the other Eric Holder comes up, that, that uh, murder Nipsey hustle. Does that bother the ish out of you? Yeah. I remember the night that happened, my daughter sent me a text and said, wow, did you see who killed Nipsey Hussle? You got your name. And I thought she was kidding. Mm-hmm. You know, and I woke up the next day. It sucks. And now, yeah, I Google my name. And, and so, all right, that's, uh, it's the other Eric Holder. It's the other you know, guy. I, you know, I liked Nipsey. He's not even another Eric Holder. He just... Like he's just something else. You yeah. got to say another, the other Eric Holder. All right, yeah. He's just a guy whose name who happened to be Eric Holder. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's unfortunate. I mean, because Nipsey seemed to be a guy who was on the verge of, I think, he was already in the middle of, of doing some really positive things, and mm-hmm. uh, we need people like that. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're looking now at what the 25th anniversary of you know Ready to Die, and I think about Biggie, and as good as he was, um, you know the future that was denied him as a mm-hmm. result of violence. Same thing with, you know, with Tupac. Now, you know, now Nipsey, Nipsey, also. so it's uh, sad. It's kind of sad to think about that. Do you follow everything that's going on in hip-hop? You like, just you couldn't talk to... about no West Coast rappers without mentioning Biggie, huh? You just had to, He's from New York, man. had to bring in an East Coast rapper. It's the 25th, it's anniversary. 25th anniversary. I said Biggie it's first before deal. I talked about Tupac, yeah. you know? That's right. Now, do you follow everything I give respect to the West Coast guys, though. You know, I like Dre. I like those guys. Do you see what's happening with Takashi 69 and and him on the stand? Yeah. What do you what do you think about that? What do you think about snitching? I'm just curious, Eric. Well, remember, I'll, yeah, remember, I'm a prosecutor now. So you know, he encourages you, it. You all call it snitching. Please. I call it a, a person's help. a cooperating witness. Help. You know, help. I call it help. You know, I call it thank you. I mean, so if the guy is trying to cut a deal to you know lessen the amount of time he's going to spend in jail, and it's going to hold people responsible for doing things that uh, were antisocial and you know harm people, uh, you know, I think that's. That's what happens. You know what side you're on, Eric Holder. Do you think he'll get jail time? More jail time, I should say, or do you think he'll get time served as much he was talking? I don't know. I mean, you know, he'll he'll get less jail time, I think, mm-hmm. than he otherwise would have. Um, maybe he'll end up in the witness protection program. He said yeah, he's not doing that. What is that, though? Do they really, like, move you to Wyoming and... They move, read, you, they move you to places, give you a new name, give you all kinds of, you but know... But it's only, like, new, two years, right? And then... Well, it, it, I can't talk about it an awful lot, but, I mean, it, 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 the amount of time you spend there can be substantially greater than two years. Okay, they I pay you? Whole... You know, you get a job. Because he can't work with the big 6'9 on his forehead. He can get that removed. Yeah, you know, tattoo removal. I got all mine taken off. Did you? <laughs> I had a Mike Tyson thing, you know? <laughs> it's, it's gone now. You don't see no... So, so they can change your whole identity and image and everything? No, but your image, but they can certainly yeah. give you, you know... Um, New birth certificate, new social security number, all kinds of stuff. To make and then you, do you have to still pay? Charlie, like, if you owe, look like he's like, hey, I'm thinking. About, you know, <laughs> if you owe money, do you still have to pay? <laughs> if you have debt, do you still have to pay that money with the new social security number? 
Well, yeah, that, that's, that's all. There, there has been that issue. I mean, you know, if you owe, I don't know, somebody ten thousand dollars, and then suddenly, poof, you know, you're, you're gone. Um, ooh, what that's is a, that? What does that person? That's do? a good way to get out of student loan debt. <laughs> 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 student loan forgiveness program. Yeah, that's a thought. Now, 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 all you students out there, join the witness protection program. Right, this is the Eric Holder you go Student Relief Program. <laughs> join right. the join the witness protection program. Everybody's talking about canceling student debt. I got a new way of doing it. That's right. right. Join the witness protection program right now, boy. There we go. There we go. My final question. How does this Donald Trump saga end? I think it ends with his defeat in 2020 or his impeachment um, and conviction. I don't I don't take off the table the possibility of, of a conviction. I certainly think he's going to be impeached. I think that that's certainly going to happen. History will be very unkind um, yep. to his this presidency. Yeah, his legacy is over. Disgrace. I mean, it will be seen as a corrupt administration that, um, you know, really strained the alliances that we've had with uh, our closest uh, neighbors, with allies we've had since World War II. Um, he's favored the special interests over the people. He's put our climate um, at risk. He's divided the nation. Uh, he's played race for um, political gain. Um, history's not going to be kind to uh, to Donald Trump. It's going to make for a great movie. Tell President Obama to buy the rights to it with his Netflix deal. There we go. Yeah. My goodness. Well, Eric Holder, we appreciate you for joining us. Well, it's good to be here with y'all. Thank you so much. Sarah Colda, get out and vote. That's right. Get out and vote. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Charlemagne the God. What? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Now, last week we reported a story about Nick Cannon doing a talk show, and Charlemagne had this to say. Uh, I just said I don't think that he's going to stick around and do morning radio if he gets a daytime talk show. All right. Well, Nick Cannon responded to this. I have to defend him because he's just doing what he's supposed to do. He's playing the position of being skeptical, seeing both sides of it. And everyone knows that, you know, I, I do a lot of things, but I'm here to, to prove everybody wrong. I'm, I love radio. I love this morning show. And I'm not going anywhere regardless of what jobs that I get because you guys are my family. When he says it's a bad idea, I, I, don't, I don't know what he's referring to. But I think what he's trying to say is that I'm spread thin. Watch how I move. I ain't got to talk about it. I don't make announcements. I just make moves. I actually said this is why you don't hire Nick Cannon to do morning radio. But um, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a hater. I think Nick's people in the, or Nick might have said I was a hater. Is that was that? Did we just play? Well, that? on his uh, Instagram, he said that you are his hater friends. He said, "How many of us have them? New terms should we call hater friends? Uh, hate your friends?" He mm-hmm. says. Uh, or freighters, which is friendly haters. He said, Char- Charlemagne and many others in my life that I love and deal with daily all constantly fuel me for greatness. I just want to say thank you and hold my beer. Well, first of all, Lenard McKelvey, a.k.a. Charlemagne the God, is far from a hater. I root for my folks, especially uh, black men in media. But I'm also a realist, okay? So to be clear, all I'm simply saying is I don't think Nick Cannon is going to stick around and do morning radio. We've seen the good brother Nick Cannon have his own morning show before. Nick used to do mornings on 92.3 Now here in New York back in 2010. He did that for like two years. So yeah, when we started. He was he was on radio when we started. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he did that from like 2010 to 2012. Um, and that, So it's no hate. When I say Nick not going to stick around and do morning radio, it's just based off his history in radio. I just don't think he is. I just tell you, Nick's, I think Nick's just going to go with the check. Wherever the check goes, I think that's where Nick's going to go. But his co-host uh, was like, well, why defend Charlemagne? Why 
why are you defending him if he's so busy the, bashing on you? It doesn't bro, make any sense. Everybody has those type of friends that are always like, ah, uh, you think you shining. Oh, you balling now? Oh, 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 you got a little nice little car. They put little in front of everything. Oh, I like your new little car. Oh, you got a new little job. Oh, like Charlemagne's that friend. Now, Charlemagne has been uh, ishing on Nick Cannon that every time Nick true. every time Nick Cannon puts out a record, you hit you issue. Okay, I want you to stop. I want you to stop for one second and think about what you just said. Mm -hmm. That is not bashing, nor is it hate. Only thing I've ever spoken on when it comes to Nick Cannon, I guess in a negative fashion, is when he raps. Does that he, is true. Now, raise your hand if you like Nick Cannon's raps in this room. Okay, Dramos is the only person. All right, <laughs> out of out of one, two, three, four, five, six people. So, is everybody who didn't raise their hand hating? Uh, no, but I, I I did like one song. No, you didn't. I did. What song? We're going to play it right now. We're going to play that. We, is it there? Please let it be in there. Please let it be in there. It's not there. Damn it, man. This is a very terrible produced show. I just want you to I mean, we should have had it up, but hey, I, I can't call it. Terribly produced show. Nick Cannon Morning Show has better producers. Yeah. I'm going to throw that out there. You're right. It was Gigolo. I like Gigolo. You oh, like Gigolo. We all like Gigolo. System. It's, not even, it's not even in the system. Why, why are Damn you it, calling man. for stuff that's not there? Or maybe it's Envy's fault. Maybe if you'd have told the producers, they'd have had, they would have had the show. This the, is not my ready. This is not my, my, my thing. I don't do the you rumors. Tell the the you have to tell the producers what you want, Envy. All right. Now, Charlemagne also spoke yes. to Kevin Love about mental health, and this is how this conversation went. The opposite of happiness is hopelessness. Hopelessness is like the, uh, say, like at the root of anxiety and mental illness, depression. This is not an overstatement. Mm -hmm. uh, chronic anxiety is a crisis of hope. It is the fear of a failed future, whereas yes. depression is a crisis of hope because it is the belief in a meaningless future. Oh, a lot of that sentiment came from a, a book titled Everything is That was at 92Y last week. Right. Great conversation about mental health. He also speaks about uh, happiness. I felt like I had no real hope in my future. I had blinders on. Sometimes when you're in it like that, you just don't feel it. You don't see it until somebody has to like smack you across the head and say, hey, listen, like everybody's seeing this. I happen to read like a cheap novel myself, so I always wear it. But that's kind of what I'm getting at is ever since I was young, you know, it's been like a, a weighted vest. I can even feel it now. I wake up every single day uh, and make a choice that I'm going to change the relationship that I have with, with, you know, mental illness and depression and anxiety and so on and so forth. Dropping the clues bombs for my guy, Kevin Love. That's my guy, man. Did he ever get down to the to root of it of why he feels that way when he wakes up? His anxiety? Yeah, and him not being necessarily happy um, and sometimes I think, depressed. I, I, I think he's figuring it out now. You know, it's a process. You know, I think that anxiety is like any any anything else in life. You know what I'm saying? You, I don't know if you actually ever figure out what it is. I think you might know your triggers. You know what I'm saying? Now, you mentioned the other day that sometimes you're depressed. What what makes you depressed? This show. Jazz, let me ask you a question. <laughs> um, this show. Do you like Nick Cannon as a rapper? Um. Okay. You, you ain't like Gigolo? I'm a Gigolo. Put the mic, give her the microphone. Jazz, answer this one simple question. That, that mic is on. Jazz, do you like Nick Cannon as a rapper? I do not like Nick Cannon as a rapper at but, all. But he's great at everything else. He's an amazing actor. He's Absolutely. an amazing businessman. Absolutely. Yep. I just want to throw that out there. So that's not hate. You ain't like Gigolo? No. 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 You like Gigolo? No, I did not. <laughs> okay. I love Nick Cannon as a person. And a businessman, not as a rapper. All right. Well, that is your rumor <laughs> report. And that's not hate. All right, Charlemagne. That's not bashing him since day one. Lenard. Yes. Who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, four after the hour. 
I would like to give Donkey of the Day to the four people who decided to escape from Ohio jail because I don't know what the hell they wanted to escape for, but we'll talk about it. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I'll be a donkey because right now you want some real donkey It's time for Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, hit me with the heat. Did she get Donkey of the Day? Please tell me. I have become Donkey of the Day. Breakfast Club, bitches. You're a donkey. Yes. Donkey of the day for Monday, September 30th goes to four North Carolina men named Lawrence Lee, Troy McDaniel, Christopher Clemente, and Brian Martin. Now, these guys were all locked up in an Ohio jail. No, they're not North Carolina men. I guess they're from Ohio. I'm bugging. Yes. But, uh, yeah, they were all locked up in an Ohio jail. And they escaped from that jail Sunday morning after overpowering two female guards with a homemade knife. I don't know why they let the police officers in this jail. Uh, have weapons that aren't as strong as homemade knives, but whatever. Now, why did these guys escape jail? If you are escaping jail, then you must be facing life sentences or the death penalty, right? To take that kind of chance, that kind of risk, to Mm -hmm. add more charges to your docket, to face more jail time for attempting to escape, then you must be charged for crimes that are going to put you under the jail forever, right? Wrong. Okay, uh, Lee was being held on a charge of identity fraud, Clemente on a charge of aiding and abetting another and committing a crime, and Martin on charges of failure to appear and escape. It's unclear what McDaniel was being held on. Now, let's break this down. Uh, Ohio identity theft law uh, characterizes the crime as a felony punishable by 1 to 11 years in prison. Uh, nothing, Nothing not doable. Third-degree felony, nine months, 10 years in prison, and a $10,000 fine for fraud resulting in $7,500 to $150,000 in losses. Uh, Aiding and abetting a charge of accessory after the fact is punishable as follows, up to a $5,000 fine and are up to one year in jail if you are convicted of a misdemeanor. Uh, Up to three years in jail if you are convicted of a felony for failure to appear in court. The penalty is a fine of up to $10,000 in three years in county jail. Failure to appear may also be considered contempt of court, which, similar to a criminal conviction, can result in both fines and jail time. None of these consequences for said crime sound escape from jail worthy. All right. In fact, assaulting a police officer with a homemade knife and escaping from jail will probably land you more time than any of those crimes you committed. But no need for anyone to worry because they have already been caught. Let's go to WRC NBC4 for the report to hear what happened. Police took three of the suspects into custody at a hotel outside of Raleigh. Around 2 this morning, investigators found the fugitives in the parking lot and three there surrendered peacefully. Now, the suspects who escaped are 30-year-old Troy McDaniel Jr., 40-year-old Bryn Martin, 24-year-old Christopher Clemente, and 29-year-old Lawrence Lee III. We know that Lee is still on the run this morning. We're working to confirm all of the people who have been apprehended. Now, the sheriff's office says the four inmates all escaped Sunday morning from the Gallia County Jail, and they likely had help from at least one person on the outside. Now, the men overpowered two female corrections officers with a homemade weapon and then stole one of the officer's car keys and drove it about a block where another car was waiting for them. Now, the sheriff says that the jail cells there don't lock to make more room for inmates. He also acknowledges that it desperately needs some improvements. Now, the U.S. Marshal's office is offering $2,500 per inmate for information leading to the arrest, and we still know that Lawrence Lee III is still on the run this morning. So you concoct this whole plan to escape from jail only to get caught in a red roof inn in North Carolina. Not to mention only one of y'all had the bright idea to separate from the pack. First thing you should do in situations like this is split up. But no, you three wanted to go to the red roof inn in North Carolina with each other to have big fun. Now, if there were no women with y'all in this red roof inn, whatever you were doing in that hotel, you could have been doing in jail. Okay, I've stayed at a red roof inn before. I've also been to jail. 
Not much difference, other than the whole freedom thing. All right? The moral of this story is Law 29 and the 48 Laws of Power. Plan all the way to the end. The ending is everything. Plan all the way to it. Taking into account all the possible consequences, obstacles, and twists of fortune. By planning to the end, you will not be overwhelmed by circumstances, and you will know when to stop. These four guys who escaped from this jail in Ohio should have stopped at, Hey, bro, let's plan a way to escape this joint. Please give Lawrence Lee, Troy McDaniel, Christopher Clemente, and Brian Martin the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey mm. of the day. Ooh, you are the donkey of the day. Yee-haw. All right. I guess now is a good time to play a little quick game of Guess What Race It Is! <laughs> All right, four guys escaped from an Ohio jail. Mm-hmm. Farthest they got was North Carolina, Red Roof Inn. Not a stitch of vagina in sight. DJ Envy, guess what race it is? Hmm. It's a tough one. Really? Yeah, I don't think they were all the same race. I, I, I mean, I think Martin was white, Clemente was uh, Latino, Troy was black, and Lawrence was white. Really? Yeah, that's what I think. Steven, Steven the White Demon, you want to get in on this? Four guys escaped from an Ohio jail. Farthest they get was, was North Carolina. Red roof and not a stitch of vagina in sight. And they had a guitar. Yeah. You didn't say have the guitar part. Okay. No, they didn't have a guitar. I know the answer you're look, wanting me to say here. No, I'm not. I want you to tell me what's on your heart. Um. Yeah. That's a lot of white-collar crime there, but that, that drug trafficking one's definitely a Latino. That's Whoa. what I said. That was wow. Clemente. Ay, Dios mio. Receiving stolen property. That could be black or white. Clemente, <sighs> Latino. Bruh. Troy. Failing to appear in I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what they are now. I thought all of them was white, but y'all got me thinking the Clemente might be... Latino, Latino for real. Yeah. You ever heard of a white president, Clemente? Put their picture up, Revolt. I don't know. Let's see. White, white, white. Well, I can't tell. The second bro. one looked Latino. So white, Latino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Clemente, yeah, man. That's Clemente. He got his hair in a ponytail. See, yeah, that's Clemente, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? All right. Okay, we're just going to chalk this up to call Cassidy, though. <laughs> we're not going to drag the Latinos into this one. All right. All right. All right. When we come back, Forrest Whitaker will be joining us. We'll kick it with Forrest Whitaker, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, sir. Forrest Whitaker. Good to be here. Welcome. Now, are we, are we actually talking to Forrest, or is this his brother, Ken? You know, that's not really... The, people talking about that on the net, but really, it's two pictures of me. Oh, I feel like a goddamn idiot. I was yeah. like, y'all look just alike not to be twins. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, okay. moment, two shames. All right, so y'all really don't look that much alike. Not really, no. Got you. Well, moving right along. All right. All right. <laughs> now, let's talk about Godfather of Harlem. Yeah. Now, tell us about this flick. We follow Bumpy Johnson, who comes out of prison, uh, goes back into Harlem to be able to... Try to reclaim his territories. He's been in way for about 11 years. Mm-hmm. We get a chance to see uh, him and his family. You know, his uh, Ilfanesh Hedera plays my wife, and you know, just him like rebuilding his life, rebuilding his structure, fighting against the Italian mob, which is done by Vincent D'Onofrio and uh, Chas Palminteri and Paul Sovino. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys we're against. And 
But I think what's interesting about it is uh, it deals with like crime and the civil rights movement because it talks about the relationship between Bumpy and Malcolm X, which is, I think is a little known relationship. How did you do your, your homework and prepare for this movie here? You know, I started reading stuff first just to try to understand what the time was, understand the history. But then I started interviewing guys too. Like uh, there was a couple of guys in Harlem, that were older guys that was working with Bumpy when they were in the mob. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a guy named Chisholm and uh, June Bug and, and I had some advice. Gotta have a June Buck. Gotta in the, have mob. A June <laughs> the black mob gotta have a June Buck. <laughs> he was a great guy. He really helped me out. And uh, then a guy that named uh, Professor Smalls was like he he took over the mosque after Malcolm. Mm-hmm. He was like explaining to me a lot of different things and and then just trying to understand the the political climate of the day because you know Adam Clayton is in there too. Mm-hmm. You know Nigel Thatch is amazing. I want to say Nigel Thatch is uh, Malcolm X is like crazy good. But John Carlo Esposito plays uh, Adam Clayton Powell and mm-hmm. he does an amazing amazing job. How do you relate to the story of Bumpy Johnson? Like you personally, when you look at that particular struggle, how do you relate to it? I mean, I, I can relate to like trying to excel and trying to succeed and, and the things that block you in your way and what you need to do. That's, I think that when we watch the show itself, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like dated because it's dealing with a lot of issues that we're having right now. It's mm-hmm. dealing with like opiate crisis, you know what I mean? What's going on mm-hmm. with ha- what's happening in the community. Mm-hmm. It's, going, it's dealing with... Uh, a lot of like polarization of black white or you know that's happening in the country is dealing with like you'll see like as the protests go in about the human rights issues and stuff with the police what they're doing with the community and to the brothers in the community and profiling so all these different things for me i relate to it's, it's immediate it's real you seem like such a gentle giant <laughs> like, like how did you get into the role of a gangster you know i've played a lot of funny i played a few Oh, yeah, yeah, I was scared. Yeah. Idiot, I mean, forget yeah. it. Yeah. After, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, you just kind of, like, try to figure out the what the what motivates the person, how they behave, things that's happened in their lives, and then slowly something starts to happen, and it comes alive. The character starts to come alive. What do you tap into, though? Like, you got some old trauma or something that, that makes you dark? <sighs> I don't, you know, I use, I, I use my own stuff from my past, and I use my imagination, mm-hmm. you know, and then... Something happens in the universe where they, you, you start to force all that information inside of you, and then the transformation starts to happen on its own. How do you get that shit out you, though? How do you get it out once you do it? I'm not sure you get it all out. You know, you you get parts of it stay with you as if you're, like, living a new life again, like you're reincarnating again. Really? You know, you remember some things, you know, like, now you've said this phrase a certain way for a long time, and then, for the, you know, for your life, you start saying the phrase a different way. You start saying something differently. What about the people around you? to be like, enough, Dad. All right, Dad. Like, let's get out oh. of it. You're not bumpy today. Now, I had that when I was working on on uh, Last King when I would talk to them from Africa and I would be on the phone and I would be not even realizing I'm <laughs> a using a dictator an on the phone. They were kind of like, hey. <laughs> baby, did you go to school today? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Come on, Dad, stop. You know what I mean? But it's better to stay in the role though. When you're when you're actually shooting, it's better just to always stay in that zone. Probably right? not to your kids. <laughs> yeah, it, it it if you're playing like certain kind of characters that require it. Everybody, mm-hmm. every character doesn't require you to do that. You're always sort of part of you is always sort of in that space. But uh, you're not necessarily fully consumed. In the case of like Last King or something, that was something where even when I was dreaming, I was sort of dreaming as the person. Wow! So it was kind of 24 mm-hmm. seven. So that's probably the hardest one to get get out of you. That was a tough one. Uh, it wasn't as hard. You know, it was as hard. Like when I, I did a movie a long time ago called Bird about Charlie Parker. Mm-hmm. That was harder for me actually. It was more. It was difficult to get the emotional feelings. He was a heroin addict, and I like went to like some really dark places to try to understand like how he was feeling. And, and it stayed with me for a minute. Mm. And, you know, like, the other one that stayed with me for a minute, too, is, like, when you play characters with have mental health issues, mm-hmm. schizophrenia, bipolar issues, 
those kind of things are really difficult as they are in real life. But you start playing around with your neurology and your mind, and you sometimes uh, takes a while to get it to like realign itself. Do things like Oscars matter to you? Like when you're playing a role, do you and people are like, "This is going to earn him an Oscar," or uh, do you think <laughs> about those things? No, that's a mistake. You know, I, I think you have to figure out what you want to do and why and why you want to say it, how much you want to give, and that's it. And try to do something special and. Those things happen. That's a bonus of some sort. But if you if you strive for it, a lot of times you missed it, the story on the way. Mm-hmm. So after you did Last King of Scotland, you, you didn't watch it and say, "Man, that might be Oscar worthy." Well, people were saying that, you know, when I was yeah. working on the on the part. So, but did you personally feel like that? And I got to be honest. That's that's those are not drivers for me. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Awards are not drivers for me. I've been. I mean, it's, it's easy to say. I guess. I mean, I've been fortunate. I've been acknowledged for my work. Yeah, you got one. One a lot of different things, but. uh that's that's not driver for me. My, my my thing was like, you know, every time I play a character, I get to explore like the human condition. And I get to mm-hmm. understand another person and understand how they connect to me. And that that was what I was doing all along. I've been doing that since I started. That's the reason why I started doing it. Mm-hmm. And I've been and whenever I step aside from not doing that, then something goes wrong. But what about when lost. you t- when you take a step back and you look at you just stand at that Oscar at the house and you're like, well, I'm a black man who won an Oscar for best actor. Like it's not a lot of those. Oscar's so white. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, 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 I got to be honest, I really don't think about it at all. Wow. What are some stories that you feel like haven't been told yet that need to be told? I think it should be some more films to try to make you understand issues with mental health and stuff mm-hmm. and how it affects us in the community and how it affects us as a people itself, you know. What do you do to stay mentally healthy? I do meditate. Um, I do do some movement, you know, sometimes. I, mean, I haven't been doing martial arts for the last couple of years. Normally I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now Swiss Beats is the musical director of the series. Now how did he get involved with the project? I did. I did reach out to him and speak to him and see if he would be if he would be willing to commit to something like this. Because he said he usually doesn't do this. He said it takes too much time. Yeah, he, he really stepped up big time. I mean, did so many amazing songs. Put together this writing lab and had everybody together and bringing different artists in. So this, you know, most great portions of the songs were written for the film itself. Oh, you did? Show. When they were all doing the song? I did get a chance to go up and watch uh, a lot. I was up there quite a bit. Who did you get to, to check out and meet? Rick um, Ross. I did see Rick. I did <laughs> Rick see Ross. Rick. You know, Buddy, uh, Jadena. Mm-hmm. It was great. There was some amazing artists that worked on the soundtrack. They really helped make the show. I mean, I think every week on the show, probably there's two new songs that come out mm-hmm. uh, that are used. And it was it was important for me, like, as a producer, like, that the show got to... Keep make you be authentic and true, mm-hmm. but that the music itself, like there was exterior, there was surrounding, it would allow you to realize those feelings today. And that's done by the, the artist that uh, the Swiss was able to pull together to be able to do an amazing soundtrack. All right, we got more with Forrest Whitaker. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy and Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Forrest Whitaker. Charlemagne? As a director, he was talking about waiting next time, but when you look back on Scrapped, <laughs> and when you look back on that, how do you feel about that project? I, I was made. I loved doing it. I shot that in New York. It was most of the actors were new. It was like ninety something percent of them had never yeah, acted Bo before. Yeah, Bokeem Woodbine, Federal mm-hmm. Star. Yeah, and then there was a lot of like Busta and a lot of different artists too, the music mm-hmm. artists that were playing different parts in the show. And that um, was an amazing growth time for me as an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, to learn how to to shoot that film and try to capture the power of it. And I just I remember with Fredro, I was trying. I he he was doing the group Onyx. And so he he had already had a voice that was really, you know, a rebellious voice. And so that voice became part of the system in the show itself. And it worked out really good. Was it easy coaching him as a director? 
Yeah, I had a great time working with them. Yeah. They were, I mean, Yo-Yo and everybody. There was, <laughs> there was so many different people that were working on that. And uh, and uh, Jam Master J was working on the music for me and stuff. So You're like a hip-hop head. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel too embarrassed to say that in front of you guys. You know? Why? <laughs> it's your territory. I'm just, I'm What's just... your favorite hip-hop group of all time? Of all time? I guess Tupac did some really great stuff. Okay. You know, there's a lot of great artists. And it's your territory. I mean, hip-hop is black culture. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, never mind. You I know mean, people personally. I don't even need to say that because... <laughs> I, I have worked with a lot of, a lot of artists and right. stuff, and I've been really fortunate. They've done some amazing work. Do you consider your personal values when it comes to accepting a role? I always consider, you know, what I'm doing, what I'm saying and stuff, what I'm playing a part. Mm -hmm. You know, even not, not just the part, but what the project is saying itself. Uh, I think it's important to, like, stay true to, you, true to yourself, and true, your, true to your ideals and stuff, and, and realize that, that, you know, you have impact. You're impacting different people's lives and stuff, and you got to have some conscience around that. Is there anything you've ever turned down because of your personal beliefs, values? You know, yeah, I'm just not good at, like, Pulling out of the hat like names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we've, 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 we've discovered career. that already. <laughs> do you also sing? I did sing. I started. Did you do in, opera? I started in music. Now yeah. that seems like a surprise. See, now that's why I wanted to make you sure that wasn't fake opera? news, like the story about your brother <laughs> being you. He did football and opera at the same time. I can see football. Yeah. Opera? I was studying classical voice. And actually, I got my first agent as an actor from an opera, a light opera. I just did a musical. You know, uh, yeah. in London with uh, with uh, Dave Talbot. It's called uh, Jingle Jangle. Now, you see, you're so soft-spoken, so I can't see you. Oh! Yeah, can we have no, just one note? Just one note? Nah, come on. Yeah, come just on. one little bit. You don't want to put out an album or anything? Just one little bit. I don't know. I, I, nah. I mean, <laughs> nah. Yeah, but I, I, I did used to sing. <laughs> I tried. I, I, when, I, when, I, when, I when I had to do the, this show, the, the, the musical... I was I was nervous I wouldn't be able to still sing, but it worked out. We can't hear a little bit. It's a little a little one note. I that nah nah. <laughs> He's thinking about it. Now what if Swiss said we want you to do a song for the soundtrack Godfather? Word. Huh? I'd have been like what? <laughs> <laughs> what you want me to do? You know everyone's gonna hit well, you I up. I trust Swiss, so people are gonna hit you up for features now. Even though like, yeah, I'm gonna get Forrest Whitaker on the hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think when that one comes when uh. Honestly, I feel like Jingle Jang is going to be one of the best movies I've done. Oh, okay. Ever, you know. Oh, so it's a musical and they're making it into a movie also. It's a movie musical. Movie musical. Oh. It was oh. shot as a movie. Ah, okay. So it's, uh, we'll see what happens. Now, now, Black Panther, you saw how much that movie meant to the culture. Easy to get emotionally attached to it. With that said, were you upset that they killed you off in it? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I, I think that, you know, he's a spiritual uh, sort of leader of the community. So it's kind of always like a major loss, not just mm -hmm. for me as an actor, but... um. I don't know, Ryan, I haven't talked to Ryan about what he's planning on doing exactly. Maybe the, you know, <laughs> That maybe, means you're not getting resurrected, sir. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They do have a resurrection altar. I mean, I'm a comic book guy, so they have a resurrection altar in Wakanda. So it's mm -hmm. possible. I mean, there, you saw already like that he was uh, visiting his uh, father and stuff. Yep. So, I mean, being a spirit and stuff like that, it's like, uh, I don't know. But I, I, I love that. This is an amazing, obviously amazing movie and amazing project. I'm just happy that I was involved with it. I got a chance to be involved with like a lot of those kind of moments of movies, with, mm -hmm. like the Waiting to Excels or the, you know, Strapped. Strapped. <laughs> Strapped is a classic, bro. Okay, what nobody <laughs> said. Yeah. What was your childhood like? How did you even get into the acting world? I was born in Texas. I was raised in South Central till I was about eleven, and then in a, you know in California. Then we moved out to Carson on the Carson Compton line. 
I was studying, you know, just just like normal, just living during the whole period of time where there's the birth of the gangs and the birth of the Crips and Bloods, and that was kind of shaping myself because that sent me across town. I, I had some problems with some of the gangs there, so I had to be sent to, to another part of town, and that changed my life. Then I started to, like, get into music and stuff, and the music led me into acting, and then... Here I am. What did you ever think you about with the gangs? Like, why why did the gangs have a problem with you? Because you didn't want to join, or they they like did something sort of violent and uh, like was protesting and like fighting back, and so then it was a question of like uh, meeting them after you know the meet meet after school. In that case, was like more like a, about gangs, uh, guns and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, in order to be safe, my mom was a teacher, so she decided to move me on. I was going to school in Compton, mm -hmm. and um, she sent me across. To another part of town. Did you ever feel pressured to join a set? No. Never? No. I knew lots of guys who were, but nah, it wasn't the, that wasn't going to be me. I mean, even even that event that happened was a part of that, you know, like they were mistreating people around me and, and they tried to mistreat me and I wasn't standing for it. Yeah, that took a lot of balls in the middle of Compton. You said Compton, right? Mm -hmm. Oof. They stayed up to the gangs? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's and his mom happened. was a teacher, so she, she knew. Yeah. Did you catch a lot of for your name, Forrest, when Forrest Gump came out? <laughs> people, people have said that that joke a lot to me, but I'm like the third one. I'm my mom, my father, and my grandfather named Forrest. So mm -hmm. It's it's a family name. Did you feel away when you saw the movie title? Like, wait, Forrest Gump? Yeah, not really. Yeah, yeah but I definitely people definitely made you know the whole joke about Run Forrest Run and all that kind of. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of memes yeah. that you could create. You now. said that they you were gym class. <laughs> <laughs> just in general, just in general. Yeah. Do you see the memes about yourself? Because they always come for your eye. And your eye oh. creates a lot of content on, on social media. Have you seen any of those? I, I've seen I've seen some of them. Yeah. I mean, that's going to happen, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember you said once that you were contemplating having cosmetic surgery on your eye. No, not cosmetic surgery. Because it limits my vision. Like, yeah. when I look up and uh, if there was a way to fix it, then I would have I would have better vision. Mm -hmm. So there is no way to fix it? You know, there was a guy that told me that there was, but then I just... Eyes are risky, too. You don't yeah, want to do something, was, and then it doesn't go the way you anticipated. Yeah, and then now yeah. it's worse. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. Mm -hmm. Now, is it a condition? Because after 11 o'clock, my eye does the same thing. And I always say it. When it, when it happens, I'll be like, I'm looking a little far as Whitakery right now. So is it like a condition? or? Um, this is called ptosis. It's like a, I don't, I don't know, condition or whatever. But yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess it's fine and you know if that's what you you know you think when you think about it when you, if I come into your mind because of that it's a kinky guy so no I'm talking when I'm out after 11 nah you said night late no night. I didn't I said when I'm out after 11 alright well Godfather of Harlem appreciate you for joining us thanks alright as far as Whitaker's The Breakfast Club good morning The Breakfast Club Tired of arguing with these young boys about things that they don't know. All about. right, let's get to the rumors. Let's these talk. These young boys like Dramos just being here. First, it was Beyonce's whack. Now you're telling that. me nobody checking for two live crew at oh a two. God. All right, let's Wasn't get to one the, of the rumors. Biggest let's... hip hop groups of all time. <laughs> let's talk Super Bowl. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, the NFL announced that both Jennifer Lopez and Shakira will be performing at the halftime show. And Uncle Luke, he's a little upset about it. So all of a sudden, the NFL, y'all going to bring in J-Lo and somebody else. And just totally disrespect all the entertainment, all the African-American entertainment in Miami. So we don't exist. It ain't about me. I don't want to perform. I would have thought you had sense. 
to go and get Pitbull, Flowrider, or Ross, or somebody, Trick Daddy, or something. Really? We don't need the NFL. Our hotels are already filled up. You need us. Jay-Z, you got to fix this. I can see why he's upset because when you have a city like Miami that has the rich history it has and has the international superstars it does, you have to go get Pitbull. You have to go get Florida. Like, I don't understand why Pitbull and Florida wouldn't be headlining that show. I don't understand. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't have a J-Lo out there, but why why, why aren't Pitbull and Florida headlining that Well, Dramos, our uh, producer slash board op, says that, well, J-Lo is bigger than anybody there, and she's a huge star. She is. I don't think you realize how big Pitbull was the past 10 years. I don't think you realize how big Flo Rida was the past 10 years. I would I would even say that they have bigger... I know they got bigger records than J-Lo's had over the past decade. Response? She's still an icon. If it was like Miley Cyrus headline, yeah, you have calm a fair down, argument. Bro, bro, bro. Calm That's, down, bro, bro, bro. Calm down. Calm right. down. Can we talk? Can yes, we have a conversation? Yes, 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 yes. If it was Miley Cyrus or something like that, I could see the argument happening. But you're talking about an icon. J-Lo is an icon. It's undeniable. So how, now we're sitting here... You know, going what about Shakira, though? I can do with that Shakira. So you're saying Pitbull or Florida shouldn't even be on that stage? No, I said they are, but to me, they're all in the same level, in the same class. So at this point, what are we arguing so about? Add, Ross? So add a Pitbull and a Florida to the line. Or lineup. Rick Ross, or a Khaled could be there, or a Trick Daddy, or a Trina. They're not to the same level of uh, J-Lo or Pitbull. I can see you, you saying so Pitbull. Are you kidding me? Come on now. You're so disrespectful. This is what, Pitbull's not? Have, the, Cuban, have the interns bro? come out and have them name Ain't off Latino, a couple of Trick Daddy bro? songs. Yeah. Ain't, so why are you writing for Pitbull? J-Lo's, I just said Pitbull. We can put, J-Lo's Puerto Rican, of course, remind so him. So you should add more Latinos. You should and be all for adding more clip, Latinos. African-American artist, and the first person he named was Pitbull. So it doesn't even make sense what he's saying. All right, girls. All right. You better have that same energy when Uncle Luke comes back up. I can't Better stick to the script of saying that you thought Two Live Crew was trash. You I said never that said earlier. that. Yes, yeah, you did. I think I heard that. I said, I said, no, I think I heard that. Because he goes, he goes, yo, Uncle Luke couldn't perform out there. I said, are you crazy? Do you know those f- Two Live Crew would set it Pitbull off? You're saying Uncle Luke, and J-Lo at the same level? Are you kidding me? Two Live Crew means more to me than all of those people yeah, you to you, said. you're an old head. And this is <laughs> J-Lo's older than me. <laughs> J-Lo is older than you. And she looked better than you, though. And oh! oh. oh wait a minute, Trump. <laughs> she got better skin than you. Trump, 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 than you. why are you comparing me and J-Lo's looks? Maybe because he's looking at you guys the same. Oh, wow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah, thought about no, John. Come You've thought about that before. The I fact that J Lo looks better than Charlamagne. Have Why? you ever smelled Charlamagne's shit? Why have you thought about that? Wow, Okay, all right. Jesus Well, lastly, Tyler, the creator, was performing. (laughs) And as Tyler, the creator, was performing, somebody bumped in and said, It's my birthday! So Tyler, the creator, wished her happy birthday, Tyler, the creator style. Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, dear random lady that thinks she's special, so she tell her while he playing piano that's her birthday like I can go for this lady. Okay, all right. Well, I'm still shocked that, that Dramos thinks J-Lo looks better than me. I agree with him, but I just want to know why am I the comparison Yeah, why did you do that? Why, he, why did, he was trying to hold her age against her, but she, she looks more youthful than you do, so I don't understand. Oh. That's the argument. No, you said she looks better. I'm not, I didn't say that. Who do you fantasize about more, J-Lo or Charlamagne? You definitely no, said that. You know everybody heard you, Dram. You said J-Lo looks better. They both married, and that's... Oh, who's she's got, not married who's yet. Who's got a better ass, me or J-Lo? Well, good question. <laughs> He's getting turned on by this. That's what's making it weird over here. You can't Look how answer. excited he got. Look how excited Why did you answer, though? Why didn't you answer, though? J-Lo. 
All right, Revolt, shout to you guys. All right, I don't know what's going to happen when I go do this mix. I'm going to leave them in here alone. Tracy Morgan came in here one day and said he smelled butthole on your beard, drama. I just want to throw that out there. He did say that. All right, Revolt, we'll see you tomorrow. The Breakfast Club It's the People's Choice Mix. Let's go. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, um, again, shout out to everybody that came out to Atlantic City to uh, our two-day uh, seminar, real estate seminar. The first day uh, season in Flip New Jersey, we took people on a bunch of properties just to show them the properties, show them the state, show them what they auctioned off for, show them what they were worth, show them how much money that they could make. Then we had to mix it in. The next day, we had a seminar. So uh, let me shout out to everybody that attended. Let me shout out to the councilman, Marty Maul. Uh, everybody, everybody in Atlantic City, we had a little problem with Oceans, which is a, a casino out there, but they fixed that quick. Uh, Atlantic City, actually, the, the hotel got hit by lightning and lost power. So uh, they were able to fix that quick and, and got everything right. So shout to the vice president of Oceans and everybody that called me to, to fix things and make it right. And listen, man, I'm still shocked that uh, DJ Dramo saw so board up compared me to J-Lo. You know what I'm saying? He said that J-Lo looks better than me. I just thought that was wild because, you know, you know, you've been around your boys and you argue about what woman looks better than what woman, but I've never heard that. But, you know, I know his generation, right. his generation different. is the fluid generation. That's not what I meant. You know what I'm saying? And so being that his generation is the fluid generation, he, they, him and his boys argue about who looks better, Charlamagne the God or J-Lo. Of course, J-Lo. It's not even close, but, right. you know, I'm just happy to be in that discussion. But, Thank you, Dramos. But, speaking of buts, you know, yes. we had a, another member of that generation walk in and said that you're uh, thicker than J-Lo. Yes. Mm-hmm. That that happened. Taylor did that. He said, said, said you're, you're uh, Derriere is a little better than J-Lo's. Maybe now. Maybe a little thicker than But J-Lo. then I said, well, what about between you and Ro James, who's an R&B <laughs> singer from Queens? And she said, Ro, G- Ro James beat you by a landslide. Salute to Ro James. Shout out to Ro you know James. Salute to all the brothers with hips out there. You know what I mean? We repping. This is awkward, man. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's just what happens when you work with these millennials. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. When we come back, positive note, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. You got a positive note, man? Yes, man. Uh, this positive note comes from Joyce Meyer, and I want everybody to remember this on this fine Monday morning. God wants you to be delivered from what you have done and from what has been done to you. Both are equally important to God. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?